Hello everyone. Yeah, so today we're gonna do things a little bit different. Um, obviously I'm sure everyone has heard about what's going on in the world right now. <laughs> um, and so I guess before we start into that, um, I think it's a good idea to acknowledge that we are obviously two clueless white guys who have no real lived experience of what people are going through and protesting against. Um, we instead have probably a lot of internalized, um, well, problemat problematic stuff uh, internalized. And as much as we try to un unlearn that and um, educate ourselves, um, there's probably always more to be done, and so we're very likely to get things wrong. So I think at this point, um, yeah, it's important for us to acknowledge that we are no experts on these topics at all, and that the only thing that we can and feel like maybe that can be of value if we talk about it is basically how we try to educate ourselves, how we try to identify these things, uh, maybe a little bit of the journey that we have come um, so basically talk about the things that we are sort of uh, more knowledgeable about what it is to be a well-meaning yet problematic <laughs> um, ally trying to do better and yeah so this is probably what we're gonna talk about today um, so yeah Hackenstein do you want to kick us off? Hey, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, as you might have noticed, or hopefully you're not here looking at us to announce a game or something, because that's not what's going to happen today. No, uh, yeah, like you probably as well, we've seen the news we've seen what happened to George Floyd as we have seen what happened to so many other people of color in the US and yeah in Germany as well we are very aware of racism around the world in US especially because we just consume so much US content uh, in Germany too um and in ourselves for sure it's a little bit rougher to to look at even mm -hmm. and it takes a long long time to learn and internalize that no matter how well meaning you are um yeah you are bound to fuck it up if you're not well educated enough about everything and it's hard to, yeah, how to find stuff out that you are not um, living through yourself to uh, see things from a different perspective. And yeah, basically, I think, at least I took last week um, to do a little bit less work than usual and a little bit more reading and learning. Yeah, just 
being captivated by the huge protests going on in the US in all states as I've read and lots of other countries as well. Mm. Apparently um, this is the currently biggest um, biggest protest for social change worldwide in history. I'm not sure if it's true. That's what I read. Mm. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's gonna get bigger. Hopefully it will uh, see some long overdue change because uh, it's, it's not been that long since we had similar problems, similar protests. I think the 90s, 1990, it was the last time we had like big um, unrests in the US because of um, black person being killed by the police for no good reason at all. Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> let me begin by acknowledging my own white privilege, especially the privilege that made me um, well, not dismiss, but let me, um, yeah, talk you out of talking about this case last week when it actually happened and you pointed it out and I was, um, yeah, I was uh, pleading with you to not talk about this topic because it's sickening and it makes me sick and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, the reason I can't say this is because I'm privileged enough that I don't have to. I can just uh, stay in my in my little, well, not bubble, but in my little place here. My little bubble, probably too. Mm -hmm. um, we're both living in Germany, so we're not bothered by people on the streets. They're not on the streets here. I, I don't think at least I, I looked, but I didn't find a protest. In Berlin, they had protests. In Leipzig, Leipzig it's uh, on Sunday. On Sunday. Uh, yeah, 1 p.m. I think. Okay, can you? In front of the main oh. station. Um, just yeah, let me, I want to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Actually, and, if you um, would, are you still on Facebook? I can invite you to the event. Yeah, went. <laughs> uh, no, not on Facebook anymore. Okay. Or not really, not actively anymore. Hmm. But yeah, I got it now. Um, okay. Yeah, man. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> really, really feel ashamed. Um, and well, to be fair, I mean, um, it. I also only wanted to acknowledge it because I had not actually read up too much on it. I was just kind of aware of the um, couple of events that had happened through through the week with um with i think brianna taylor was also was it also during that same week i was at least very close and um the bird watcher who was threatened with the police by the woman who wouldn't put her dog on the leash there was like a yeah. couple of things that like kept stacking um, up the... there was, there was a, a jogger as well Armin, um and oh, someone's i see that's man it was Ahmed something. Uh, yeah i'm not aubrey yeah, yeah, Aubrey, right. Um, yeah, that was that was already a while ago. I think we even talked about it at some point. Uh, how 
yeah, how they let them, the people who hunted him down and shot him, let them go as not, no wrong done. And yeah. I guess it's just been... I mean, these things, they are always happening, but I guess um, now it was just one thing after the other that there just was no hmm. no ignoring it. Um, even, you know, for people like us who have a very easy time ignoring all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, last week I said I didn't even have that much to say or much didn't know, know that much about it. So it was a more kind of, I want to acknowledge it, but I also don't want to, you know, I think I said it's not really my place to like say much about it even um, because I have no yeah I don't know it's uh, mm. it's always kind of this, this difficult uh, thing trying to um, not be complicit through silence which I think we still kind of do very much but then yeah. also when we do speak up to not do it in a yeah, in a harmful way, you know, not do it in a self-centering way, which I guess we're doing now, but which is also why, you know, we kind of decided to talk, if we center ourselves, to actually center ourselves and to actually talk about um, what's within us, with uh, what what structures we had to um, work on, what we probably still need to work on, what uh, and how we did that to hopefully, basically this is for other white people, for other liberal white people, you know, to... Yeah hopefully give something of um, of a not, not a blueprint but maybe just some pointers yeah or just something to <laughs> to to maybe help uh, those who already you know have the heart in the right place but maybe not aware or uh, still not doing enough about it or something to basically yeah have a conversation with those people in the hopes that maybe our uh journey of growth and all that helps them on theirs um, so that's kind of the mission statement for this because we obviously couldn't ignore it but then we yeah. can also not just sit here and say racism is bad because I think that's a given at this point and what are we doing about it that's the interesting question exactly I mean, we, we thought about like uh, just skipping this one just mm. being silent um, but yeah as you said being silent isn't isn't an answer either. Um, although obviously this is a scary proposition for two white dudes to talk <laughs> about a topic like that. But I mean, we have to talk about it. And I mean, obviously we're not talking to people of color here. Um, that's not our place. Um, we are talking to yeah to ourselves other, basically to ourselves. That that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> that is there's no way I mean is that and, I mean yeah. that's the hood out as well so exactly <laughs> yeah but we didn't want to make it uh, like a thing here showing off how um, progressive we are yeah <laughs> um, so it's hard yeah can't, can't say nothing can make sure you're saying the right thing um, but yeah I mean obviously this is uh, a time where you absolutely should um listen to black people um and probably this is also time to kind of re-examine you know if you're on facebook and twitter kind of re-examine your timeline maybe diversify it a little bit uh to get you know just a little bit more of an idea of what's actually going on from the people with the actual experience uh mm. and 
but yes, I mean, we keep talking about how we have, need to have uncomfortable conversations and how we need to talk to friends and family. And I guess this is this is that kind of talk, um, yeah. staying quiet and listening on one hand, but also talking, you know, relaying that information. Yeah. Okay, I guess yeah. that's the preambles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you made a, a great point there. We need to talk to our parents. <laughs> mm about stuff like that in our families and yeah i guess your viewers are kind of our family <laughs> so exactly consider yourself talked to now <laughs> okay man um, yeah and uh, just one one thing about this um yeah you, you said you're like it's just one one thing of many that's happening mm. that happened and uh, yeah i want to to address it a little bit like i, I found my um my dismissal or like I found it a bit callous and mm. I really like that word callous. Mm. You know what the callous is? Mm -hmm. So when I do gardening work uh, as a programmer with your yeah, baby hands, you will get calluses very, very fast. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, that, that that's kind of the, the reason why people don't want to talk about stuff like that because it hurts and then then you put up like a protective shield that you, you don't want to engage anymore in this kind of talk, but it's just, mm. it's just very important. It's important in, in many ways. Um, I myself found that like, um, a lot of times when you feel pain, um, even or especially if it's like, if you see other people in pain, it's important to open yourself up to feel their pain. Uh, even if it hurts, um, yeah. That uh, I think, like the maybe you could say that when you really get into it, what what you feel is love with your fellow human. Even if it hurts, it's important um, because you just you you lose your humanity if you if you don't do it. If you shield yourself from from this kind of pain. Um, yeah, and more than ever, I felt like responsible in the last week to educate myself and to improve myself in this direction. Here in Germany, we um, obviously we go into detail about the Holocaust mm -hmm. because that's something uh, very important that we have to to process, to acknowledge, and that we yeah never forget, right? Yeah. yeah, like that we have it in school, like basically yeah. every single year in history, that's uh, we are very much into detail about uh, the atrocities that happened and stuff. Yeah, you, you in, in Germany, I think every school um, has to visit a concentration camp. Mm. So you see it in person. You can't deny it, even though somehow some people still are able to. Yeah, um, and I think the same way we have to acknowledge this. We have to acknowledge the racism against people of color. And I think we kind of, um, yeah, we lost the ball on that one. Um, so yeah, now's the time. Now's a very good time to take it up again. And um, yeah, get get work on that yeah. topic. 
Yeah, it is um, a strangely difficult thing. You know what you said about the, how painful it is to like actually take a look and also take a look at yourself and how that uh, can be quite painful. And it is, um, you know, something I've been over the last couple of years, I think, you know, thinking about a lot in, in terms of in many regards, uh, how, because it's kind of a struggle with identity, I feel. You know, I, I, I see myself a certain way and then being told I might be wrong about that. I may be, you know, of course, I um, even haven't grown up in a, you know, well, in the capitalist white supremacist patriarchy. Um, I still, you know, have been imbued with that core idea that, you know, racism is bad. Homophobia is bad. I still have a lot of her internalized racism and homophobia and sexism and all these things. Um, but always with that, you know, mantra of no, this is bad. And so I know this is bad. And if I was a racist, that would make me a bad person. But I don't see myself as a bad person. I don't actively um, hate anyone or <laughs> that sort of stuff. And then to confront that, okay, maybe just me stating that I'm against that uh, is not the same as actually not being it or that you also can be against racism while also perpetuating it and participating in it and all these things um, it kind of yeah. it kind of messes with who you think you are kind of right? and this this trying to wrap your head around this it's um, I mean I thought about it in the past uh, in terms of even my even struggling with depression where my depression gave me this view of myself of where I absolutely hate myself and where I when someone says something nice about me I cannot accept that at all because it messes with my view of myself even though that view hurts me actively I'd rather mm. stay with what is familiar um, than losing myself <laughs> if that makes mm. sense and it's such a yeah. weird thing and I feel like it's sort of like a breakup only that this is the longest relationship you've had in your life because it's the relationship with yourself and suddenly you have behavior. to yeah and suddenly you have to divorce yourself from it and it's scary and terrifying i mean you know now that i have learned a whole bunch of new stuff i have accepted that you know mm. it's not that bad it's not that hectic okay. what was i so afraid of but um but yeah, yeah there is a weird kind of resistance where i too have rather doubled down on the problematic stuff that i did just to not accept that i'm not the person who i thought i was if that mm. makes sense I've heard like a very interesting um, analogy mm -hmm. uh, about analogy about this. Um, if you have like a dog that that it's been um, let's go in a bit of a different way. But yeah, you have a dog that that's been mistreated its whole life, and then mm -hmm. you're finally being nice to it, and you're trying to feed it. It will still growl at you and show your teeth up until it it feeds it because it's just it can't handle this. It's it just hasn't learned it really, or it has learned how to be vigilant all the time and, and dismiss it all the time. And I think that's a good picture in your mind. It's the same same way you you sometimes you earn you earn f for something uh, like being accepted, mm. but as soon as you get it, you can't because you you have just internalized that you you are not. You're not accepted. Like you're, you're not allowed to do this. Mm. The same, the same way. And I think that's a danger if you like um, 
read the history and the recallings and, and all the stuff about the Nazis or racism and suppression that you, you begin to to separate yourself from the people who are doing this stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a bad thing that bad people do, but not me. I'm different. I'm reading this and that makes me different and I, I can't fall into this same um, trap. And that way you turn away from from the dark side you you have in yourself and you carry with you and then accepting this is like like feeding the dog you you really have a mental barrier that's that's quite hard to break but you have to break to to yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day you know ignoring the stuff you're doing wrong isn't making you a better person uh, that's hmm. If that's your goal, I want to be a good person, so I'm trying to ignore the bad things I'm doing. It doesn't make you actually good. So, um, I yeah. that is really, I guess it is a really hard thing to learn. It took me a really, really long time, and I did a lot of damage during that. Um, I just kind of got lucky that uh, a friend kind of took that time, you know, and I feel very grateful for that and also very embarrassed about all the dumb shit I said <laughs> and then of course continue to say in other regards but to just kind of get around to that idea that actually asking myself am I wrong how am I wrong why is what is this other person saying why are they right mm. um, I feel like that's that's maybe the the most important change in myself that I made um, to yeah when or to to interject here yeah if you confront something and you're immediately knee-jerking like dismissing it because it's just ah oh, you don't like that think about why why is it that this this reaction that you have this this reaction yeah yeah um because if it's really a you can achieve what you set out to do right so if you well, it colors your process and what you're likely to arrive at. Because if all you're trying to do is to say someone is wrong, you can find a way to dismiss or derail or something. You just focus on one tiny detail where you can say, I see, well, that little bit is wrong, so I don't have to, I can discard everything else. But if you approach it, not why is this other person wrong, but why are they right? And you actually try to think about like what's the actual point ignoring all those little details that i can use to say i'm not listening anymore yeah. uh, but to actually try to understand something new i feel like that's um well that just then you can actually find it. and obviously if that. they aren't right you can still arrive at that conclusion right i'm but I do uh, that all the time and and it's not not even conscious it's just that my hat my my brain it gets hung up on details like that if i if you, you tell me three sentences and like the last two are important and the first one isn't exactly right in my view like with the data i have mm. then i will i will talk to you about the, i will not forget the other two and i will want to come back there but i will want to <laughs> talk about this first sentence even though it might not be very important at all <laughs> And I'm, I'm driving my, my girlfriend mad with this. Oh, um, me too, for, absolutely. <laughs> for, yeah, and you, I mean, you, you said you, you were happy and ashamed that you had like a friend you could say all that shit to. Well, I'm happy that my friend who takes the time is white and <laughs> I'm not that bad at, uh, uh, yeah, putting all my shit on, on another um, person who's suffering 
under that condition we are talking about already. So yeah, yeah thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for taking up with my shit. <laughs> yes, no, I mean, that's what I keep saying. That's our responsibility, right? Uh, yeah. To put up with our friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just this, uh, you know, this is a weird thing, you know, if you're, it's, you are being threatened in that moment, you know, your mm. view is being threatened and that fear of change or that fear of, um, I guess it is a fear of change. There's something I don't know. I don't know what this looks like um, when I have to confront this, what happens after, what, who am I then and all this kind of stuff. It's a, and does this mean that I'm a bad person and that therefore people aren't going to like me? Because I feel like that's also a really big driving mm. force because we all kind of need that um, that community stuff. Uh, there was this really good video by Kurzgesagt about loneliness. I think you sent me that, right? Yeah. Uh, where they explain how evolutionarily um, loneliness is basically as much as a killer as smoking because we just have this need for community because that meant dying if you were ostracized or something. And I think all these things coming together in that moment constitute a threat. And then the immediate thing, you know, if you're not aware of it is probably to say, oh, I'm going to defend myself. I'm going into into defense. I'm focused on your things for why that is not that bad or something to just, yeah, kind of maintain um, that sense of security, I guess, and that sense of control maybe also. Um, hmm. Because life is terrifying. We want to control it even though we can't. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think the, the fear of change is, is rooted very deeply in, in this whole problematic situation yeah. um, I read that uh, scientifically conservatives are more for keeping keeping the status quo I mean obviously they are afraid of change they are more afraid of um, uncleanliness as well mm-hmm. that there seems to be a weird connection with that and right. um, it's also um, there's also like scientific data um, suggesting that after big um big uh, well, not pan- well, pandemics i guess like big um diseases yeah diseases there's a rise in in, in fascism because some somehow mm-hmm. this is connected in 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 the mind of people and then the the progressive that they are more open and they are less less focused on, on cleanliness and Obviously, both is important, but I feel like I'm pretty. No, I don't feel like I'm pretty sure that we are currently around the world, uh, especially in America and in Germany as well, um, in a state where where the the conservative let's let things stay as they are is is so strong that the change is nearly come to a halt and that that we still have so many unaddressed problems that need systematic change and uh yeah we're not getting around to it because of the fear change yeah i mean i feel like that what what's happening uh 
I mean, I guess it feels like almost everywhere. I mean, it's happening all over Europe, uh, in India, and, and I'm not even really keeping up with what's... Oh, actually, yes, Middle East, certainly. Um, just there's a rise of fascism everywhere. And mm. I mean, this, uh, I feel like people who want to reverse and like mistreat people, that's, you know, even like a... It's even something else. It's I'm not even thinking. It's just a fear of change. It's like a delighting in hurting others and putting others down. Um, kind mm -hmm. of a building yourself. Yes, I feel like that's really. I mean, we've kind of talked about it before. That obviously, everybody experiences some kind of trauma or sadness. Just that other people get that stacked on top of. You know, the further they are away from the standard, uh, mm. what is expected, the normal human being or whatever, um, they get stacked additional trauma on top of it and stuff. But um, yeah, everybody, and it's, I guess, why people keep not understanding what white privilege means because they say, but I have had a moment mm. where I was sad as well. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like that moment where you feel bad about something that really decides that to me decides what it makes a good and a bad person basically whether your mm -hmm. reaction to that is i want to tear others down to my level so that everybody's as miserable as i am or i want to make sure that nobody has to feel as bad as i do i feel mm -hmm. like that separates it whether i want to lift others up and help them or whether i want to tear them down so i can feel better about myself or that they're at, at least mm -hmm. as miserable as i am kind of a thing mm -hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But where, where would that come from? I think that's not, not a very human characteristic. Like tearing other people down can't be very helpful if you're like in a group situation, like back, back in the, and the, uh, yeah, when, when humans came to this world, the cooperation was what set us apart. We are all like agreeing about this, but somehow there's also this, this part. And I, and I, and I wonder if it might be be this colorlessness that this like seeing seeing pain in others shielding yourself from it and then only concentrating on yourself and your your benefit and like not mm. feeling with other people anymore and then this is just just a, the natural conclusion i'm honestly not sure how that happens i guess being cruel is easier than being kind despite being hurt. Like, it's like anger. It's easier to be angry than be sad and hurt, right? Yeah. Um, so I think maybe it's that, that it's just so much easier to be an asshole. And I, I notice it too. I mean, obviously, yeah. when, I, when I'm feeling terrible, I'm more, more likely to snap at people or something, right? Yeah. It is, it is somehow more difficult when I'm already suffering to then find the strength to be kind anyway. Right. But maybe it's that. Let, let's let's also acknowledge that anger is is important. And yeah, sure. There are a lot of people right now, looking over there, to America, who are very, very um, angry, and that's that's their. Um, I don't even know how to phrase it. I mean, obviously they're they're angry, and it's important to be angry to get the the strength and the mm. motivation to change things to say fuck it fuck everything 
yeah. this can't stand. We have to change it. No That's... matter how how many good words or whatever. We can't we can't stand for this any longer, and that's the that's anger used in the right way. But yeah. righteous anger, righteous, yeah, and yeah, they have the right to it, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. I guess there's always a healthy and an unhealthy way to experience emotion. Yeah, kind of. and this is obviously right now that's a healthy way of being angry while while not getting late and killing women for it is maybe not the right kind of angry. So. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Um, so worldwide, uh, I think we have made a lot of progress. Um, and if you said like that, we we are seeing a resurgence in racism. Europe, I I would be I would have been um, not not very fast to agree because we have so much less murders, so much less violence. Um, statistically speaking, but today I actually stumbled about a stat that um, says in Germany, uh, since uh, just comparing 2017 to 2018, we have a 20% increase in, in racial uh, violence, racially, um, hmm? racially motivated violence. Yes, exactly. So yeah, there, there's a statistical proof that indeed somehow we're walking backwards again, I guess. Mm. And I wonder what what the reason is. I mean, this is this can't be like coronavirus reaction. If we're going to this explanation, explanation, um, I wonder if it's the internet, you know. If it's if it's the possibility for racist subgroups to band together online, I guess um, it's possible. My guess would also be um, capitalism. Just really, we're reaching the end. Kind of things are getting worse and worse. People are feeling worse, and then they use looking for an easy scapegoat. I mean, that's how mm. it always works. Like demonize one group of people instead of addressing like the ones who are actually causing the problem. Uh, so. Yeah. Maybe it's the economic anxiety. <laughs> Whatever bullshit excuse people use to blame other people. But um, but yeah, I think it might be how we're being exploited uh, in a really severe way that we kind of don't notice, I guess. Yeah, um, maybe. But, uh, but wait, I feel like we've come away from the personal to the what's going on um yeah i mean you always want to know what the root of it and it's not easily uh, yeah. explained you don't have all the answers of course mm. certainly um so what would be well we were basically on identity and how it's difficult to make these changes or to realize them even um, let me think I had sort of a rough plan before we uh, before we started and now we're in the middle of the conversation I didn't write it down <laughs> well I, I did <laughs> <laughs> so what's the what's the next so step for, from for me it, it, it's like what, what have we what have we 
actually looked at last week? What have we learned? Um, I know I, if you follow me on Twitter, um, I have retweeted a couple of things and that's more or less like the, the most useful information I, I saw there. Um, all like, the, I think, I don't know, do we want to take a look at that stuff or do we want to keep it uh, in discussion? Let's keep it at here with ourselves, okay. I think. Um, before we started uh, recording, we had a quick chat just about how we want to handle this. And mm -hmm. um, I think there were some interesting things that we started to discuss. And then we're like, okay, let's, let's do it actually online because I feel like that's the part where, where maybe there's some, some value uh, for mm. people like us. And um, like one thing that I kind of want to acknowledge um, is that in the past episodes, we have certainly um, kind of contributed to the exact things that we are, you know, saying we're against. <laughs> um, I do think that in yeah. some conversations, um, it just feels so weird. I'm, I have We've this... tried our best, but we we still fucked up. <laughs> uh, or I did. I... Yeah, it's this thing that I, that I want to put this on you. And I certainly, you know, I also participated in my way, but that's why I'm always like a little bit restrained. Uh, hmm. I have this, this, this resistance to like actively calling out, which I guess is part of a little bit of the yeah. well, it's part of the problem. Very oh, obvious. That, that's, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> one of the cores, I guess. Not yeah. not be willing to to call out your friends for being racist, yes. even if it's just like in minor things, because it feels like ah, it was so small. Yeah, well, I always well. try to I always try to walk you there gently because I don't want to be I don't want to act like I know really that much better. I mean, I guess I do know because I just. You know, for years now, I'm just I spend pretty much every day like reading up uh, on new things and everything. So it's more of a, I guess it's the same way how you know more about martial arts with your I don't know 15 years of Aikido while I only did one of judo. <laughs> hmm. um, kind of thing that it's not about. I'm not a better person or anything. I just study it more, I guess. This yeah. thing, but I still have this feeling I'm I'm trying to say I'm better than you or anything, and I, that's what kind of makes the. That's where the resistance yeah. sort of comes from. And but, uh, honestly, sometimes it feels like that. It feels like you're you're telling me, uh, ah, look at what I did in social progress, what I learned, and man, you're so. Uh, and I guess woke. that's <laughs> that's something valuable to talk about. Um, so yeah. Um, okay, I guess you kind of outlined it already, but uh, do you want to say a little more how you experience the conversations we are having, where? You know, we disagree about social issues mm. and stuff. Um, how you basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Feel about the way we talk. Yeah, we we have we have talked about like social issues for a long time. Most of the time, we're like on the same page, but sometimes we aren't. <laughs> Think like our biggest, our biggest. Um, well, I, I won't call it discussion anymore because looking back, it, it wasn't that. It was at a maze. Do you remember that? I or do we, remember that. We both <laughs> were shouting at each other and then just went our separate ways and never talked about it again. 
Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That that's because of I I actually do some work. You know, I try to educate myself. Sure. I want to be a better person, mm. and it's, so it's it's ironically much harder for me to accept it when I'm wrong because I feel I've put in some work now where can I get my respect I want to be recognized for being such a nice guy you know <laughs> from you like from people of color from marginalized people in general I even I even had a I even had had a dream last night about like standing up for someone and then getting the praise from uh, a black person I, I, I impressed with my wokeness man and I felt so stupid waking up like, oh my god that's exactly the problem you can't just be woke to be like for your for your own pit, pity petty reasons man yeah yeah or but okay to be to be more specific I guess um we we had in the last two three we podcast talk about something there's always something yeah so we had uh what was the the one um, where I could have been misinterpreted as um, trying to say we should have more empathy with the f fascists. Um, yeah. Oh, was that misinterpreted? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wanted to say that we should have more empathy with fascists because I, f I felt that this might be a way to better convince them. Like instead of like screaming and at them and hitting them like I, I didn't want to make them our enemies but i wanted to to just come from the other side i guess and yeah and <laughs> why you... is that wrong <laughs> oh okay so have you are you asking me or have you come around on how do you have a different view on it now yeah i, I do realize that that it's problematic to frame discussions like that like there are like two different valid um valid sides mm -hmm. that clash and that it's not like just there's one right thing and that's where we what we should talk about and not like um, the view or the perspective of fascists mm -hmm. because it doesn't really contribute anything it just it just um gives like people the impression that there might be something to it mm. that there is some reason like like exactly what i did uh just just a couple minutes before when i said like there are conservatives and there are progressives and there are two sides mm. and i immediately realized oh fuck i'm doing it again <laughs> so i made sure that you know um that we are like the progressive side is so overwhelmingly right now that we need uh the, the I'm getting flustered here. Yeah, yeah, I get you. The conservative mm -hmm. side is so 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 dominating right now that, that we need more progressivism and like conservatism is not the answer. But yeah, obviously, it's maybe it's a bit different to going to fascism. But um, I don't know. It's hard to say, especially if you look at the American uh, form of democracy. Mm. Um, not quite happy with this, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the thing that I am, uh, you know, concerned about or was concerned about with that um, point of 
let's empathize with racists is is basically who we are okay such a such a response to this what was it <laughs> so it was basically where we choose to bring the focus and kind of who we identify i mean in the end you know saying ah we should have empathy with the bully instead of with the bullied um to look at how they're doing to understand their pain we are focusing on basically who we identify with and that's basically the thing where um i think that's why that happens that we're more willing to empathize with of course we don't see ourselves as racist but we know we kind of get stuff wrong and in arguing for the racist we're kind of arguing for ourselves as well you know please have patience with us mm. too if you have patience with that person but in, but in doing so we're kind of dismissing and ignoring the actual pain that causes like um we don't go deep on like how that affects people we basically i mean we know that this affects people we know racism is bad but we don't actually go that deep into okay example because I have trouble, you know, phrasing this. <laughs> um, the Office or Big Bang Theory are both shows about abusive assholes with a heart of gold. Hmm. Right? Sheldon, oh, okay, yeah, he's, he's an ass and he makes everyone's lives miserable, but oh, I can't, it's not his fault and he's trying. Yeah. You know, have some have some compassion. And the same with Michael in the office. He's horrible. He's a horrible, horrible. I don't know how people like this. I mean, up from, you know, season four, it gets kind of bearable. But I, I don't know. And the thing is, all this is doing is asking us to empathize and understand the abuser. It is not defending or having showing compassion with with the victim. We barely even know how the victim is feeling. We kind of acknowledge, yes, he's making their lives miserable, but how, how, you know, how does Leonard actually feel, you know, at the end of the day after Sheldon, uh, you know, puts him down like all the fucking time, you know, and mm. dismissing everything he cares about. But we see him only in a supporting role and we're like, ah, yes, mm, but he's, he's a, I don't know, there's something there where we gloss over, what is this doing to this actual person? What is about compassion with them? To just focus on what about the compassion with the uh, abuser and i feel like that is also part of why it's so easy for us to ignore these things like we say yes of course black people are treated badly and we don't agree with that but we don't actually go deep into what that pain actually looks like i mean this week i think we both experienced um, major kind of you know a depressive episode of some sort um really kind of struggling to keep up with the news and how horrible mm. it all is. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's people who actually experienced a thing that is stressing us out just hearing about it. And they've yeah. been experiencing it for hundreds of years. And still Man, we are surprised yeah. because we don't focus of, on it. George Floyd, right? Hmm? Sorry? Think about the daughter of, of George Floyd. She, she can turn off the news. Yeah, all of these things. You know, we get to basically be surprised now how bad it is. Um, same as we were surprised at Me Too and all that stuff, um, because we focus so much on how how the 
abusers are people. We're basically, we are so busy humanizing the abusers that we forget to humanize the people it's actually happening to. Mm. And that, um, that is basically the issue uh, that I see with them. Why, why I genuinely don't care why racists are mm. racist, just, you know, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, yeah. please stop me if I'm like doing it again. Yeah. But what, what I see as the reasons why this is happening is first off, I think we, we are so compelled by novel things and we don't like to be like just repeating what everyone says and we want to have a unique take and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that compels me often to look at things from, from another perspective and the one given. Mm -hmm. And especially like I, I think I often, my brain, I think my brain doesn't work like the brain of most people. So I, I, I often come at things from a different perspective than mm -hmm them <laughs> i guess that's part of my personality that i like and that i'm proud of and so i i i think that might be part of the reason why why i slip into or i land on, on takes like these like i uh, have empathy with the bully because that seems like something that nobody's thinking of and uh, because that's not what everyone is talking about but the reason why nobody is talking about it is not actually that this isn't like a perspective that isn't like considered, but that it's just completely unimportant. And it's also unhelpful. kind of, it already is there. It's already the default perspective to empathize yeah, with maybe. the bully. Um, and yes, actually, uh, I was thinking about that too, because um, I noticed this, that when, when we talk about these things and uh, So basically what I what I just want to, I guess, throw out there and see how you um, feel about it uh, is, I see what you mean, that you're trying to come at it from a different perspective. But in the end, you're kind of not at all. Like it's kind of this, uh, there is a bit of a misunderstanding to what the different perspective is. I was also thinking that in terms of you say you listen to Joe Rogan or something to get also mm. a little bit the view of the other side. Yeah. But the thing is, that's not really the other side. That's just kind of more of the same where we're already at. The other side is, you know, basically yeah. way in the other direction, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I yeah, guess, uh, the thing is, I, I have listened to the other side. I have like mostly listened to the other side that now I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm at this point where to be a rational person, I have to look at the other other side again, which was the st side I started from, obviously. Wait, what I mean is, I mean, I guess we both consider ourselves left, right? But the yeah. thing is, we're only left relative to the extreme right. There is so much more left left of us. And that's <laughs> the other side that I'm talking about. We, And it, um, you started this recently, that you, um, we talked about that you're trying to find podcasts with more diverse voices and stuff. Mm. And that I think that is the other side, because the us and Joe Rogan side, that's kind of the same side. Yes, he's more centrist and stuff and a little bit uncomfortable. Oof, I, yeah, uh, but yeah. we are still in the same, you know, if you have the, if you have the whole scale, you know, <laughs> I feel like we're still way too close to the other side to consider us 
on the other side of the spectrum, if that makes sense. I think I think Joe Rogan might be like the perfect example for what you're talking about. Because he 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 calls himself centrist. He's or left center or something like that, or liberal or whatever you sure. whatever he calls himself mm -hmm. and he he votes democrats okay mm -hmm. but he consumes so much bullshit and repeats it without really checking it and um invites guests that are mainly on the right side and i mean extreme right mm -hmm. For example, he had this, this the founder of the Proud Boys, oh. I think two times on, yeah. and let so let him explain how the Proud Boys, first off, are a joke, second off, he has nothing to do with them, and thirdly, they are not right extremists at all. And he's just listening to him and nodding along, right, 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 and yeah. I just, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I watched a video about the Proud Boys, like highlighting clips of what he said in the Joe Rogan podcast I listened to, mm -hmm. and the reality of the Proud Boys and what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, for for the people who don't know, they are uh, extreme, alt right, violence, anti anti fascism movement that should be considered a terrorist group that was banned off of Twitter and I think Facebook as well because of these reasons. But I think is I know is still not considered um, all right terrorism in America and is not looked at but like people are looking at the Antifar uh, and considering them. Yeah, so basically what I mean is Yes, we basically stand, um, the two of us, against you know more extreme alt-right and stuff. We stand on opposite sides of the room, but there's mm -hmm. a whole house outside of that room that is still to explore. And I, that's kind of what I mean right. by the other side should maybe be not in the, the other side of our room. <laughs> maybe those ones outside. No? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and I think that also colors it a bit to how we... <sighs> I don't know. It's yeah. well. I I just noticed. I, I I stopped listening to Joe Rogan except when he has like a couple of interesting people. I know, or like he had Tony Hawk, for example. Hmm. It's fine, but you can't listen to I can't listen to the other stuff anymore because he just repeats he repeats toxic ideas over and over again that are wrong until you believe it and you you hardly question it. Um, and yeah, it happened to me too. I mean, I, I tried to listen it consciously, but my my side got colored by this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it's not not good. Don't do it, people. <laughs> Don't try to listen to the other side because you want to have like a balanced view on things because they will color your um, yeah your your perspective and we are already like the normal perspective is already slanted so hard to the right that there is no reason to look further right for like alternative information or balanced view yes. no no reason there's also no value in it it's... yeah 
doesn't gain nothing by this. No, no, it's, uh, so yeah, I mean, that has that that is kind of what's happened. You know, centrism is basically what being right used to be, mm. and left is basically center right now. So that's I mean, how we can yeah. dragged it all to the side by more and more extreme right wingness has put the entire scale over over to the right and so yeah so that's what i'm thinking the other side the... should be extreme left because that's yeah. kind of the only other side that still is <laughs> what, what's called today what's called centrism especially in america it's basically perfect conf, uh, conservatism it's like it's saying it's fine as it is let's let's stay that way yes um and actually on that note if we're talking about how we are talking to each other kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, that is um, basically oftentimes how I feel. I know you don't intend it necessarily that way, but I think that, you know, that defense reaction or focusing on, on details. You know, I often feel like you feel I'm too extreme and we have to mm -hmm. be like, calm down a little bit. Let's, let's not overdo it kind of thing. Um, like, I kind of feel like, um, yeah, like you're kind of trying to defend the status quo or trying to defend why, why you are already doing the right thing, basically. Mm. Rather than that's, well, uh, yeah. Well, consciously for me, it seems I, I believe that I have, that I, tend to go on the opposite of a discussion automatically. Mm. Like if you're like pro something, I'm gonna go contra like, uh, was it Socrates? Like asking the hard questions to find <laughs> out if it's true or not, even though I agree with you, but mm. I want to, to see what, how far, like, or how, how stable this is. But yeah, what, what it's unconsciously, I, I can't really say, I mean, I have to be uh, open to the possibility that this is just my bias that I'm just trying to defend, as you said, like my, my own viewpoint that I'm basically doing all right, that, I, <laughs> that things are good as they are. Um, I mean, I often say that I believe that the change we need will take generations. Yeah. Um, so we, we shouldn't now be overreact that we should chill now, should accept what it is now. Um, but that's not actually what I, what I think. <laughs> <laughs> it will take generations. Yeah. But uh, it won't happen if we don't take extreme actions against this because we are like on a Yeah, the system won't change easily. It won't change over time by Magic. your, I don't know. I mean, I, I still feel that like the, our generations are just have too much internal racism mm. to be progressive enough to bring the change we need. Yeah. So we have to wait for the next generations that are will be less and less racist. But this will only happen if we take extreme measures now. Yeah, I mean, how are they going to be less racist? Just yeah, exactly. Because we will, we will, if we don't work on ourselves, we will um, teach our 
internal racism to the next generation and yes. slow down the progress even more. You know, that actually was um, what I also had in mind uh, because we had that conversation, um, I think a couple of times actually, uh, mm. you said in response to something, yeah, well, it, things are getting better already. It's just going to take time, which I guess to me then feels like a way of saying I don't actually need to do anything different because it's already happening on its own so I don't have to change or think about it or confront anything mm. um, I, I guess that is that is what frustrates me <laughs> yeah. sometimes in, in these conversations uh, because a lot of the uh, responses that I sometimes I mean that is this, uh, I don't wanna, it sounds like we always disagree and you always say no we should not care um, but uh that when these things happen, it frustrates me because it sounds it sounds dismissive of how important it is, and also like just a defense of the status quo. Basically, we are already doing everything that's necessary. Um, whether this yeah. is, and I'm, I guess we had also the same thing about you know this, this week we were talking about making making a statement, and there was kind of the question, okay, why, why are we doing this now? Why didn't we do it with Hong Kong or something? Yeah, that um, was my knee jerk reaction immediately. Why? <laughs> and which is also what, kind of what could be wrong problems. about this? Yeah, that was my thinking. And, and it sounds to me sort of like, yeah, there's also other problems in the world. So let's not yeah. do anything about it. Yeah, and that's always the part where I get mm. frustrated. Because sometimes I also can't explain immediately or I can't explain it well without having thought about it for a couple of days why this matters. Because some of these things, I guess. You know, the more you try to learn about this stuff, you start to internalize new things and they become kind of normal mm. to the point where like a question like this is just so hard to answer because it's like, well, well, because obviously, <laughs> but then that's not very helpful if, uh, if the question is mm. asked. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I know I'm, I'm a frustrating discussion partner. Okay. Um, I, I think I, I think I got it from my dad because he's worse, <laughs> and he probably got it from his dad. Oh no, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I know think... why you do this, but it doesn't well, make it less frustrating. Oh yeah, no, but um, <laughs> no. I'm... So I think I think I come from a converse con a converse. Now, what's the word? Contrarian. Contrarian, right? No, um, no. Uh, so there's Democrat and there's conservative. Oh. I, I think I come. So my, I think my father is conservative, liberal. Like he's, mm -hmm. he's conservative, but he's trying. And I think my grandfather, uh, well, I know on, on which side he fought on the war. On the, the, so uh, yeah. It's it's tough. It's tough to overcome this internal bias that that's so internal <laughs> that even if you're trying to get over it, there's always another step behind it. Every time I think like, okay, now now I got it. You know, I'm just looking the other way again, not not recognizing something else that has to change. Yeah, I guess that's that's also a thing like. We can never truly like be done getting it. It's a continuous process, I suppose, uh, of keeping keeping on learning and 
identifying and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I only did your, met your dad once, but I kind of, I kind of see that same tendency to respond to everything with no. <laughs> yeah, you always disagree with everything, and my mom gets so frustrated because she often. She often feels that she's right, but she can't put it in words mm. because he's just so much better in discussing. Mm -hmm. And luckily for you, <laughs> we are not far apart. Who knows who's who's better in discussing? I, I wouldn't even dare to to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I see the same thing happening with me and my girlfriend, mm. who has the same problem. She she's very um, goes from her intuition. And yeah, well, that won't cut it for me. <laughs> yeah, and I also thought that uh, was interesting what you said before the before the stream, how you wanna approach this with basically uh, improv rules uh, mm. instead of responding but to say yes and. And I feel like that's a that's a good idea <laughs> to yeah. um, to kind of change that. Yeah, the knee-jerk reaction to something more less from rejection, but to kind mm. of accepting and maybe finding out more, or maybe you know, mm. adjusting or adding on or something. I mean, obviously things are gonna go be wrong, and then you say, "But, but just to yeah. that." I heard also like of the rules to have like uh, beneficial or um, yeah, beneficial discussion, constructive discussion mm. that that instead of like going in the defensive mm -hmm. uh, immediately you are you process what the other person said and then you repeat what you think he meant or mm -hmm. she meant yeah but mm -hmm. yeah i i often try this as well but it's, it's too easy to um go into the next straw man to <laughs> Yeah. Uh, to abuse this technique, it's it's not it's not as helpful as, as saying yes. And I, I think, um... yeah, I also think it is. Uh, I mean, obviously, in these conversations where it's a immediate back and forth, you know, there's not not so much time to um, sit with it for a minute. Because I think mm -hmm. that's also really important. Like, if you get new information online and stuff, um, it's just something sometimes a good idea to just not respond i think we're kind of yeah socialized to want to say something on everything all the time immediately um yeah. and to just because i mean obviously i'm still i still get these moments right uh where where i hear something um like digital blackface for example you know this thing of responding to text and whatever with gifts of black people mm. that there can be a problematic I know, think about that if you suddenly start using that a bit too enthusiastically and too excessively where you basically use the oh ho ho funny over the top black people to kind of make that into yeah sort mm. of a weird minstrelly thing I guess and yeah. at first you're, you're, I was... you're making a caricature out of very yes. different kinds of people you're just saying ah that that's that's how black people talk <laughs> and i'm i'm putting on this mask to express this feeling with their likeness basically yeah. and and when i first heard that i was very like what what no what nonsense is this i like at some point 
like was actually mm. thinking about when I respond with gifts and stuff, I only use white people. Maybe I should diversify it consciously mm. to like consciously identify that they're not other than me, but to kind of, um, mm. yeah, just think of them as people too, who have also emotions that I have and, you know, you know what I mean? Um, mm. Then hearing about it, I was kind of like, wait, what? But, you know, just, just letting that sit for a while, letting it marinate, this new bit of information that didn't quite fit the puzzle I had in my head yet. Um, and to kind of think about what are they talking about? Obviously, they're not talking about it every time you use a black person in a GIF or something that you are being racist. Obviously, they're talking about a very specific kind of use of it. And when you then you know read it up and then you see examples of it, you kind of, by the whitest people I've keep using only black people as gifts you know and it's mm. and then you start to kind of get that weird feeling of oh okay there is something kind of awkward about it <laughs> and um so yeah but that that helps to not be immediately like oh no i disagree this is wrong why aren't you and you just still you know, shut up for a moment <laughs> yeah let like, yourself or, get it i mean basically doing doing the exact opposite of what i knee-jerkingly do nothing what what could be wrong like what detail wasn't completely right mm. uh but trying to think as you said before i think maybe before the stream uh how could they be right i think i said that in the stream right yeah i think so say it again <laughs> <laughs> um because i also think uh you know being aware of the atten intention is a good mm. idea in that case because um as you say, in the end, you don't even actually disagree uh, yeah. or something, and and then why are you saying it? Basically, what's what is the point you're you're doing this for? And because obviously, I also have knee jerk reaction. If I hear something reactionary that I actually don't know, or like something problematic that that sounds problematic, mm -hmm. but I don't know enough to like say why it is, I also have that in, that reaction. But uh, I feel that my reaction is not to defend myself, but to defend others kind of a thing. You know, if, mm. I'm, if I'm hearing something that, is, that sounds like, like the first time I heard, um, what was it? It was not black on black crime, but something like that. Something that sounds like, oh, there's maybe something of an argument there, but I don't know enough mm. to say why it's wrong. But I also mm. feel like, no, this is wrong. I still have an implicit reaction, but I'm not having this, to say I want to protect the status quo, but because I want to smash it more, <laughs> basically. Mm. And I feel like if that's in service of protecting others, eh, I don't know. Mm. I just hard to yeah. say. I argue that um, maybe it would be better, even if this is like a beneficial knee-jerk um, reaction, to also sit down think about what just happened and then like addressing the knee jerkiness of this reaction asking the the other one why did you have to go into this right now well why is it the, the first reaction you have um yeah i mean they are obviously due to then i want to find out why they are wrong <laughs> <laughs> um, because i guess it's a thing of at some point you develop kind of a sense for when you're being bullshitted it's kind mm. of with fake news right i think we've dealt with fake news enough that when you see an article you can kind of 
you can kind yeah. of smell there's something off about it. You couldn't yeah. immediately, and I feel like that's something different from confirmation bias, that just because that doesn't fit my narrative or something, I reject it, but I just, there's an, there's mechanisms, there's a way it is phrased, how it is sourced, um, there's something off. That's and then, pattern recognition, right? Yeah. That's what humans do. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard exactly to it's, say, like, it's not bias. It's pattern recognition because they, they work similarly, but they agree. And I think that's sort of um, what also then sometimes happens when I hear, you know, uh, kind of problematic arguments, whereby, where, but where I don't know yet why they mm. are. And I just, and that's when I go then searching search for more information to actually learn about this issue. Yeah. Uh, because even though I feel this is wrong, I want to know why it is. Um, and if it's not, then, you know, hasn't happened yet, though. There's always, yeah. maybe because you can, yeah, it's just a feeling of you being manipulated in some way. And, uh, and then you have to find out why is this happening? And if it is, then yeah. what does it actually mean? And, but yeah, usually, usually it just turns out that no, usually it turns out in the favor of the minorities that are being oppressed because yeah. <laughs> no matter what argument is made why that is okay, <laughs> it never quite holds up, I think. <sighs> I hope that made sense. If I, remember. I think it did. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's, it's hard. It's, I think if I can steer us a little bit to the mm. next topic. <laughs> I was just about to ask what's next. <laughs> yeah. So the history of racism and what's the difference from the US to Germany? Because I know, I know we had a couple of um, discussions and you all always made like the point that we in Germany have basically the same situation as in America and what happens in America will happen here just a little bit delayed and I yeah that, that that's the last time we, we spoke about this I mean we spoke about it before the, the stream as well shortly mm -hmm. um, my brain is all, always going into as we talked about uh, the little details that are different so there are differences from the history of, of racism in the US and in Germany. I mean, the easiest thing is that, that Germany did not um, have slaves in colored people that they imported from Africa. So, are you why positive about that? Is the situation not? massively better in Germany is what someone might be asking <laughs> and yeah what okay that's actually what I was asking I was asking <laughs> myself <laughs> and I looked into it so the history of racism in the US I think um, a lot of people know that um, they started um, I think Columbus was one of the first people who started um, carrying black slaves into the the to America, mm -hmm. so fuck Columbus. Yes. Um, in Germany, we were a bit late with exploiting Africa, so we started there. I think like eighteen. Uh, I I put that somewhere. 
Ah, no, doesn't isn't really that uh, important, I think. Oh, yeah, 1884, 1885. Mm -hmm. We we started that. We in this was the German Kaiserreich mm. back then, and um, we bought a little a couple of colonies in Africa, or a lot of colonies, to be honest. Mm. Um, I think we had like a, a huge bad impression on Africa, man. Yep. And yeah, we, we also imported a couple of um, dark-skinned people, but only to show them off here, um, to put them in zoos, to look at them. And then we, we had a couple of schools in Africa to obviously to exploit the people more, to teach them German and then to enroll them in the army. So we had actually uh, a significant black army in Africa with which we fought in the First World War mm -hmm. against, um, let me lie, I think, what was it, the British, who probably also fought with their colonialist people, so <laughs> real shit show there. And um, yeah, then when it came to the Weimarer Republik and the start of the um, the Nazi regime, we had about 3,000 black people in Germany, um, mostly from German colonies in Africa. And yeah, we were pretty racist. Hitler said that um, the blacks fighting for us and the blacks in Germany are um, part of the Jewish propaganda. They were gassed in concentration camps, they were um, sterilized. Um, yeah, so basically our, our racism looks a bit different, but it's, it's just the same as in the US. And that's the reason why it's so important that we also acknowledge this, uh, look at our history and do better and take take a lead from America in this case, again, to think about how we can change things. Um, I also had like one, one, one example I, I retweeted from the first black um, national player in, in the football league, um, which, which was Erwin Kostede, 1974. He was the first black person who played in the national team football for Germany um, and he had to be so good that really the, the um, coach couldn't ignore him he had to put him in and I think Franz Beckenbauer he also put in a good word saying like he's so good he has to be playing for the German league and yeah worldwide like a couple of countries they were confused how is it possible that German that this is supposed to be a German, he looks different. And if you look at the pictures, he doesn't look that different even. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he he played, um, he was pretty good. And yeah, after his career in 1990, he was wrongly accused of armed robbery. Um, they didn't have any anything against him. They um, set up set him up um, to be like the, the people who um, saw the crime happen 
should identify him and usually you need at least six people to ident identify from but the police just said we can't find six people uh, with dark skin in in this uh, city so they just put him there so obviously everyone said like yeah i guess that's the one and he was jailed for one and a half year he, he had lost all his money before and he said he his life's basically broken he's still alive 74 years old now um yeah all that to say the shit that happens in america is just the same shit that happens here as well we might not have so many black people here so it doesn't happen as often but the problem is just the same yeah it's also i didn't know a lot of what you just said and yeah. i kind of also think that speaks to just how i mean in school i only learned i mean we learned for basically all of school about um you know the nazi regime and the extermination of the jewish people uh, but what i actually learned is that yeah no hitler didn't have a problem with black people it was just the jews kind of a thing and now well that's clearly not true and um yeah. so how that is getting erased and all of that is uh and it's part of this whole deeply systemically racist system and i mean obviously the situation in germany and uh, the us uh, is different but um that that racism that is i think we all have that and that that we are also you know kind of trying you know people are trying to nudge us back into a very fascist regime i mean then that we have literal nazi party back in parliament after 60 some years it's yeah so we're not we're not separated from what's going on um and to say ah it's happening in the us so what are we and it's and obviously i would also like if we as actually something i've been thinking about with the protests happening now uh, because they are at this point i think still solidarity protests which I do think is valuable, but I'd also like to see them address the same issues that we have, because our police force is also infiltrated by Nazis. So infiltrated. Well, they're basically it was all Nazis. Founded, founded by. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better way to. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we have the, the American police was founded by racists as well to yeah, keep the catches. slaves in check no wonder looking at what's happening now and the german well it was found a little different for sure but uh, a lot of the nazi ss people who got around being um getting what's due yeah. uh, founded like the police stations and uh, uh what's it called the uh, verfassungsschutz the like the protection of the constitution uh, yeah so so we have a mm. we have an office that's supposed to protect the constitution like uh, find hate groups find terrorist organizations keep keep an eye on them um i think they are keeping an eye on antifa right now because of all the sure. horrible left way left 
uh, violence against, uh, let me check, property. <laughs> and ignore the hundreds of deaths from right-wing power. So, I mean, in this year we had over 20 people assassinated by right-wing terrorist organizations. Yes, and it is exploding. Yeah, they 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 get more and more. Um, Power. Or, yeah. 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 That's that's also the thing with the framing and stuff and the these these inherent biases. You know how people say, "Yeah, well, I don't agree with the Nazis, but what the left is doing." You know, like like fighting the Nazis is the worst thing here right now. I don't yeah. agree with black people being shot, but you can't vandalize a target. And it's always the yeah, I mean that's the privilege talking, right? To really yeah. focus on the very, very wrong thing. Um, I saw a tweet uh, like this. I forget who did it, but uh, you know, why say, "Oh yes, I don't agree with that," but but why do they have to wreck stuff rather than saying, "Yeah, it's too bad that things are getting wrecked, but you know, people really shouldn't be killed." You know, just to focus the right thing in that <laughs> sentence and. Yeah, mm. Let, let's talk about uh, looting and destruction of property for a second here. Yes, <laughs> why not? If, first off, if you're a person of color and you're angry as fuck about what's going on, you've got the right to <laughs> destroy property. You've got the right to express your anger however you want to. Yes. That's just it. Yeah. And I always hear like the argument that it looks bad. Like, I mean, I even see, saw, I even saw a study that like violent protests uh, that destroy property um, decrease the, um, the support for the actual um, thing they are protesting for, or it doesn't increase it like a, a peaceful protest protest would be better mm. would be more efficient um but honestly what i've seen last year what i've seen last week mm. what i've seen last year in germany happening mm. um just as a short side uh, here on um, new year's eve we had um just around the corner of my house we had a little um protest going from the Antifa and left people and the police was actively escalating the, the situation from the beginning. Mm -hmm. They had uh, a police helicopter above the protests, which is a known tactic to escalate. And they should know that. I know like there are a lot of police stations in or police departments in the country like the Berlin police is much better at this but at Leip in Leipzig we we have a let's not go into that because mm -hmm. it's not the topic today sure. but um, so they rolled um, um, what's it um, Einkaufswagen oh, like a uh, shopping cart yeah. shopping cart that they uh, clad into looking like a police cart and they put it on fire and they rolled it into the direction of the police and yeah the police 
later um, sent out um, a press release claiming that first off that this shopping cart was rammed into the police and then there were multiple injuries on side of the police and that they um, had even one police officer who was in uh, who could have lost his life because they you know, who had to be brought into the emergency room which sure. sounds like he's about to lose his life um, but it came out first off because of videos and stuff that they only rolled it into their direction they didn't agitate the police at all more or at least not more than this and a couple of calls they were protesting peacefully without destroying anything before before the police escalated and that the officer who had to go into emergency room he had uh, a little um a little wound on his ear so nothing critical at all and the german press repeated the press re uh, released the press release um took the side of the cops and yeah that that's the kind of systematic problems um well, that's what they do right privileged white people have yeah and they yeah sorry escalate to excuse violence against yes. the groups they want to use violence against they don't do this with the nazis exactly they somehow always do peaceful demonstrations and it's the same thing that's happening in america i mean they're these are peaceful much better uh, bigger scale yeah what and i've they... seen <laughs> it's crazy police destroying their own car mm. police uh, videos of police destroying the cars of other people destroying food and water from the demon demonstrations and mm. um, i mean the whole shit show with the with the church photo op of trump oh, yes. dispersing a peaceful protest which which is their right uh, as it was there the right of the the german people protesting on uh, here on uh, new year's eve mm. yeah that that's undemocratic plain and simple that's authoritarian yeah. that's i don't know what the, the definition of a police state is but if it's not what they currently have in the us i don't know what is yeah they i mean it's it's from the whole premise right they're showing up dressed for war to peaceful yeah. process that's yeah. you're, you're bringing war you know they're shooting people with tear gas which i think is actually well there's just a small loophole why that is not a war crime um mm. and shooting people with the wrong kind of rubber bullet and specifically yeah. aiming doing it wrong you're supposed to shoot them at the ground but they're shooting them in the face they're shooting yes. at eyes they're trying to do the same thing that's happened in was that chile um, where people were basically punished for protesting by having their eyes shot out. Yeah. It was a similar tactics around the world. That, that, yeah. that, that's what the police is trying to do. They are sending a message. Yes. And Warning, they... do not go on the street and protest. Yeah. And now that they've escalated, you know, turned it into violent protests, now they could send out the military to take control. And yeah, this is all very terrifying. <sighs> Yeah. So, <laughs> man, and this the sending a message is something I have um, experienced myself. Mm -hmm. I was I was um, on a protest with Greenpeace uh, years back, mm -hmm. and I won't I won't make the story too big, but uh, we were arrested 
because they had previously given us uh, um, a temporary ban to go into Berlin, I think the whole, oh no, Brandenburg, the whole of Brandenburg. Mm -hmm. So we were banned from going in there, which of, in, in of itself, that's not something you can do. <laughs> it's something that's allowed. And they never told us. So when we came back, they arrested us right away for breaking this. Um, story is a, is a bit longer, and, but basically they, they put us into uh, solitary confinement for 12 hours without telling us why mm -hmm. or for how long. Uh, we were lucky enough that um, Greenpeace had lawyers to put us out, so we were relaxed. We knew we would get out eventually. Mm -hmm. um, they they took they they picked the weakest person of us, which was a barely eighteen year old crony little dude, um, to make an example. To really, um, they stripped him naked. Uh, I mean, I don't have to to count it, but basically, they they violated their his human right even more than they did ours and then after 12 hours we were just let go the only reason why we were arrested in the first place was to send a message to us personally hmm. to not to never try to do it again what again you ask protest peacefully as is your right in germany and to send a message to the other people who obviously knew that we were being arrested Yeah. Fuck the police. And and that's and the the funny thing is, you know, I tell this story to people here and they are shocked. They are shocked. I mean, I'm pretty sure I ca I could tell this story to anyone with a dark skin in America and they wouldn't even blink their eye. Yeah, like it doesn't even compare a little bit to what that was like a five five star treatment basically in comparison to yeah. what's happening, right? Yeah. We, we we did insane. get like uh, slices of bread yeah, after twelve insane. hours, as is uh, your as they are supposed to do. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's crazy. I mean, and there are some calls to disband the police, and I think that might be the right the right way. I think um, police has served their their. Yeah, I mean, racist. as you said, they were founded on racist and yeah, horrible stuff. So you have to disband it. There's no reforming something that's inherently rotten, right? And that's actually pretty cool to see. I mean, nothing has happened yet, but in Minneapolis, the city council is at least having the discussion, what would it take mm -hmm. to disband the police? And obviously just saying we're talking about it is nothing at all. But that they are talking about it is at the same time also protests are working. You know, it's yeah. this something is happening because people are standing up and riots are working. The looting and stuff is not hurting. It, it's probably helping because people only care. The people in power only care when hmm. their money is getting messed with. Exactly. Right? So. Yeah, I mean... There is a reason why the Corona protests that happened just a week earlier were not met with police violence, but these are. And it's not because the, the protesters are more violent. It's because the protests 
against Corona are basically protests to return to the status quo. Yeah. And the protests that are happening now are calls to change. And of course, it was white people protesting so they could storm uh, city buildings with their guns. That's fine. But yeah. a black person on the street with no weapon is inherently threatening, of course. Yeah. And also uh, what you said about the, that was just something that I heard yesterday uh, about how you weren't supposed to go a certain place, but you weren't told about it. Yeah. Um, how they keep doing that, setting a curfew, sending out the alert an hour later, or even, yeah. that's what I heard yesterday, that um, they make the announcement in English for one time and on a later time in Spanish. So basically that the people who don't speak English are gonna be um, you know, in danger of getting roughed up or even killed by the police who is clearly trying to fuck people up. Right. All of this stuff, man. I mean, the whole institution of police is, is so problematic in and of itself because you're training people to be violent and then you expect them um, to show like humanity. This is just a complete wrong training for what you're trying to achieve here. Yeah. It's also so crazy. Yeah, this. Uh, I never really thought about it until I heard it from who was that who said that? Was it was that Chris Rock? I was at some jobs they shouldn't have bad apples. Like mm -hmm. if you're flying on a plane, the airline shouldn't be like, well, most of our pilots won't crash into mountains. <laughs> you know, to the, <laughs> this is just one or two of the bad apples. And you really never hear it about the police, uh, the fire department or something, about the couple mm -hmm. bad apples that let, that set fires or <laughs> let people die or some shit. You know, this is, it's not normal. And it's so normalized in a way that, of course, there are some bad cops because of the pressures or whatever, but... <sighs> This whole propaganda. Yeah. And, and I don't even believe this few bad apple thing. I think there's a systematic problem. Um, there are a few apples. Okay, obviously, that's true. Um, there are a lot of people who just go with what's told them. Yeah. And there are just a minuscule of good apples and they get sorted out. I mean, that's also the thing, right? This um, It's so fetishized how cops you know, they stick together. Um, if someone does something wrong, well, we're not, we're not gonna get, we're not gonna yeah. punish you or something. We, we stick together because we have to, because if we're out there, we have to be able to rely on you, keep all this bullshit, which is basically just saying, we do whatever. And if we break the law, we're not, we're gonna defend our own instead of holding them accountable. It, and then yeah, how, it, it, how our bad apples are gonna dealt with, you know? They're just gonna be excused. And so like, it's, it's just, there's no the way benefit of the system it. of this system that's it's only benefiting to the bad apples and it's working mm -hmm. as intended basically there's nothing wrong it's not broken or anything it's working as intended that's the problem why it needs to be dismantled because yeah. it does exactly and, what it's supposed to do and it's not like like we need police there can't be a society without police because the idea of a police is not older than 200 years. In the 1800s, we didn't have any police at all. I mean, I wasn't, when we visited in South Africa, mm -hmm. uh, in, in um, Soweto, how is it handled in Soweto? Someone steals. The community handles it. 
I have no clue. I would have to actually ask about it because I never did. Okay, that's what I was told. <laughs> oh, yeah, very possible. I just I have not had this conversation actually, but, but um, yeah, my wife keeps telling me that. To cry? Hmm? There, there's a there, there's a, like a call you have to uh, end the end something something, and then the people know that there's something going on. I don't know about you? this. All I know oh. about is they don't trust the police. They don't really call them because they're corrupt as fuck. Yeah. And um, that like it now with Corona and all this thing that they weren't even coming out to the townships really to, you know, enforce the lockdown or something, you know, which mm. was promised. So basically nobody was, they were still partying and everything. And yeah, basically, I mean, not that, I mean, the parts where they have enforced it, they've also killed people for nonsense. And so there's, it's just a problem everywhere. It's just fuck police. It's yeah. There's no, there's no good that, way. <laughs> for a long time, I, I thought we needed the police, and the police was in itself good. And I, I still, if I hear like people um, saying they want to be police people, mm. I encourage them mm. because I feel like we need more good policemen. But lately, I've come around to to see that the police is the problem like this the system does is the problem that's called police it's not like fuck the police i'm not talking about like individuals but obviously there are more than a few um but the the whole system the whole institution of a police it's just we went wrong there this is an authoritarian tool to um keep the status quo against everything and we have to dismantle it to uh, progress forward to a more humane society, I think. Yeah. I don't see an, another way. Definitely. It's weird how that propaganda convinces us that this is the only way. Uh, yes. I, I mean, mean I'm, I'm not even convinced that are we, are we only good to each other because of the threat of being imprisoned or something? Is that the only reason that we don't kill and steal and everything? And is it actually deterring Science those people no. who want to? Because that's also what I, I didn't read much in, uh, I didn't pursue the thing, but I just read it yesterday, uh, glancing, um, that police actually doesn't prevent crime. That that is basically yeah. the lie they're trying to sell you. They don't prevent anything. They just react to it kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not... That's the idea. I mean, scientifically speaking, there are like um, two things to say about this. Um, or rather, so there are two factors into what's... <laughs> there are more than two. There are a lot of factors that go into uh, how crime um, is instigated, how, ca how, how someone um, will get criminal. Do that criminal, and I mean that that's the root, obviously. Like, why do people become criminals? And that's the problem is the system. The problem is is capitalism. The problem is mental health. But then, uh, what keeps such a person from not doing anything, although they feel like they they need to? Mm. For example, because they are very poor and they don't see any other way to to get food, yeah. or they feel like they are owed the share that other kinds of people get in this society, mm. that's uh, the probability of getting caught and the sentence. Mm. 
but the sentence to li- uh, a lot less likely degree. So the sentence is not a, not not the thing that really um, will get you from doing it. It's more the likelihood of getting caught because obviously you are not planning to get caught, so you don't worry about what would happen if you get caught. Mm-hmm. At least you're not that that li- worrying about it that much. You're worrying about how likely is it to get caught, and yeah, it's not. It's the police isn't really good at catching criminals, statistically speaking. I mean, it it surely feels like this because that's how we consume media. Mm. Like the bad guy always gets gets caught, and uh, well, there are a couple of like the bad cop shows, but mostly the police is a force of good in in all movies, in all games. Yeah. In most games, obviously, maybe maybe games are a bit more critical <laughs> than movies, <laughs> to be honest. But like the pattern is the same. Mm. <sighs> yeah. So I think like if the communities would regulate this themselves, we had a much higher accountability because you can't go steal in your shop because everybody knows you, mm-hmm. and it would be even better if there was no reason for you to steal because you had everything you need to live and you had the same chances to be successful as everyone else and yeah speaking of uh, the same chances and um, fairness you once told me um, a very nice like analogy of fairness like I think like two people want to look over a fence and the the first one is like big enough to look over it so -hmm. you can see something and the other one is too short so fairness is not giving them both something to stand up on and look over but to give it only to that person who needs it Mm -hmm. it's just not big enough and then to stretch this a little bit what's happening uh, with racism especially in America is digging a hole at the other side and the third person standing there his starting point is much lower and only like the the greatest people of this uh, um, minority standing there can look over the fence and then we point at them saying look look, Michael Jackson uh, Michael Jordan did it Michael Jackson did it look Mm. Mike Mike Tyson did it why why am I only remembering Mike's (laughs) but the the problem is yeah they they are this they have they it's not even fair with they start at the same level but they are disenfranchised from the beginning and yeah if we try to make it a little bit fairer yeah right. <laughs> oh actually that's the wrong one might uh, be even better right <laughs> Well, that's still not quite. But well, it's getting ri- rid of the of the capitalist system that keeps you from looking. Ah, in. this is the one that you were talking about. Yeah. The reality. Oh, All right. <laughs> oh, nice. I didn't see that one of you. Yeah. Um, all right, we are we're on a larger delay right now. But hmm. yes, that's the. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so um, <laughs> yes. Do you want to go to the uh, home stretch? What's that? Oh, 
Is that the the thing you didn't want to tell me what this is gonna be? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So okay, to to steer this this whole problem, this whole hard conversation, mm -hmm. uh, to a little bit more like productive, positive direction, mm -hmm. I have found the laziest, easiest, and most entertaining way to educate yourself as a white person. Okay. And that's the show Dear White People on Netflix. Ah, yes. Whoa, I hadn't seen that before. It's such a great show. Damn it, the writing is so great that <laughs> the way they weave each story episode into the next, it's, it's something else, really. And it's educational as fuck. <laughs> wow. I haven't seen the second season, but uh, the first I, one I, bin I binged the first, first season as well. Mm -hmm. And I was stunned at how great it is. I just wanted to watch like the first episode and then, yeah, six episodes later, <laughs> I thought, like, okay, let's finish the thing. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's, it's great. It's so it's great. It's really good. The actors, the writing, the, the cinematography. Mm -hmm. uh, how am I only watching this now? Is what I asked myself. <laughs> um... Yeah. And I have a couple of ideas why. <laughs> uh, similarly, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not as um, uh, purposefully political, but uh, She's Gotta Have It by Spike Lee. The mm. Netflix series is also very, very extremely good. Um, I feel like that's more of a celebration than a... Is, I don't know. Spike Lee has such a, you really see that the love for like music and art and everything. And he puts, mm. um, he basically, it's like a showcase for a whole bunch of amazing black art. I know all while telling sort of a romantic, what is that when it's four people? Uh, I guess, uh, uh, now I can't think of the, what's the Rechteck? Square? <laughs> a romantic square. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's also right. great. But yes, dear white people, definitely it was that was great. I have to I have to watch it again because it's been too long, and yeah. uh, catch up on the second season. I, but, I, yeah. I have to admit, I was I'm so white. I had to watch the first episode twice to really get it. I had to pause, like oh, go back again, play this. Pause, go back again. Let's listen to it one more time because my my mind was all like all these realizations, all these these uh, puzzle pieces that finally like click together because the thing with the white people is that you see um, not only so many different roles that black people fill and different characters that you you don't usually see in, in movies or, or TV they are always like this, this uh, cliche um, roles and there you have like all of them all of them they are all black and they all interact and you can and then you see because they, the, the episodes take like different turns, show you the perspective of the different people. Mm -hmm. You really see their perspective and their struggles. And although they are like this person, like this put together um, black guy who, who's running around in a suit and who's very, um, well, kind of conservative where, where he comes from and what kind of struggles he have to keep this up and that he has to do 100 and 10% well, let's scratch it 
200% to get on the same level as, as the white people there. And like the different traumas these, these people go through and how they deal with it and how this interacts and the and problems you, you never even consider as a white person, like hair, like um, what's with um, someone who is mixed race? Mm. Like how's the, the tone of your skin perceived in your community that you um you need for protection mm. yeah. but aside all these really fascinating um themes topics mm. this is a great series this is it's not just about great topics and finally we see black people in the roles it's just objectively <laughs> great also good and also while being yeah educated. yeah that's what exactly that's what i'm trying to say mm. man can't, can't believe I, I skipped on it for so long and I, I really i know i know i felt like dear white people like ow <laughs> white people me? is this for me should i watch this and then, and, and I, I was like on the one side is it too preachy don't i just know all that stuff already do i really want to watch this and on the other hand is this just netflix like grabbing like the uh we are so woke buckets like let's let's produce the wokest show we can to rake in the money um and you said it's great and and that's the reason i wanted to um try Tracy, it that's, that's what we were but, talking about earlier all these thoughts you were having kind of yeah. why don't i have to engage with it you know kind of this uh reflection yeah. of oh my god is there something i have to you know change i have to think about it something that's it's it's kind of insane how how deep that is within us and how we don't even notice that it's happening but it's also the cool thing because once you're over that sort of part it's exciting to learn new things wow. and experience new things so refreshing i mean especially like as a fan of movies and tv series and you're like always yearning for something new mm. there it is <laughs> been there a lot. yeah just get out of your fucking ass and watch this stuff it's like the the people who are always like arguing we can't have a black protagonist in our game because like people can't empathize can can't um empathize. see themselves as a black person mm. That's the interesting part. <laughs> Man. Exactly. That's why you should do it. Yeah, that's definitely a great thing to, uh, you know, diversify your intake of media of, that's why I'm saying your timeline. And of course, you know, if you can, if you have the option, once we are allowed again, travel and actually experience these things for yourself, because that is honestly what was the big catalyst for me. Um, you know, getting into these types of social issues. Because obviously previously I had been caring about feminism and all that stuff, but like to really get into like the nitty gritty of racism and all that stuff was to actually go to South Africa and like see it, not just hear about it, because there's a different there's a different thing of like actually Yeah. Actually seeing it for yourself kind of thing. To converse yeah. with people, you know, and all that stuff too. And I, I also feel like I should have watched it before going 
to South Africa mm-hmm. because I, I think I could have like reduced the culture shock. A lot of this Maybe. of the stuff like how how um, people of color talk, for example. Mm-hmm. I for parts I had just to go back because I didn't understand what they're talking. They are they're just using language so differently, mm-hmm. and it makes it hard to understand what they are trying to say for me. Mm-hmm. And you need you need a while to get into it. And yeah, and I I mean I do feel bad for <laughs> like my time in South Africa because it wasn't like very pleasant in in a lot of cases in a lot of ways I guess, uh, but. After watching the white people, I'm I'm really I want to get back there. I want to try it again. <laughs> I want to open my heart for the experience there. I want to be like less afraid. Less afraid, I think, is the main part. But I, I mean, I have a problem with fear in and of itself. So, uh, and I mean, is... you know, I also took great care to make you afraid because it is different from here. We are not used to just how life is there i mean it's not that different in the end it's just good to be to basically not be a tourist to walk around with your head in the air and not paying attention because uh, Mm. it is a different environment Um, poverty is a whole different thing i mean i mean we don't even really have poverty in germany even though our homeless people are middle class that's Mm. to realize that is an entirely different thing and obviously crime is different just because you know desperation and there's also a a drug uh, epidemic that I feel like is kind of constructed, but well, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, it was too much for me. Plainly speaking, it was just too much. But I want to try again. I want to learn. Yeah, and um, I am a little bit uh, like the thing that I mostly regret uh, about a missed opportunity was the the tour that I recommended to you that my friend does. Mm. Um, that we didn't have time to do that because that is really. Um, Mm. That, that that is in terms of history and just like actually experiencing history in that in those ways it fucked me up big time i mean uh, i think we still have those videos my travelogues they they ended after i did that too i think i made one more video and i have never felt the need to talk again i can i think you can see like just how how broken okay. <laughs> kind of but that broke me and you know, this I'm really is happy that we did do that then. <laughs> but I in a good way. I would have because... not been ready for that. Well, probably not. But it would, you know, it's 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 that thing that breaks through the bullshit that we've been taught, right? And opens you up to, like, actually have more compassion. And uh, to, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, we have to be miserable. I mean, that's also the thing now. You know, this is really a super miserable time. And uh, obviously we kind of don't like being miserable but we have to be miserable right now and we have to it's open a, up our heart yeah. to the pains others experience to really understand yeah and it is an incredible privilege that we can say let's take a day or two off from social media and not care about this experience that someone mm-hmm. else lives with you know that is kind of the mindfuck of the thing that how bad we feel it's it's because we hear about <laughs> how someone else is being treated and actually lives with that and has been living with that and I mean we can barely handle hearing about it especially as Germans because you are taught suffering in school with looking at the Holocaust you are taught how how bad it can be but learning just how bad things still are 
and they that's just something or just I don't know it's, it doesn't get easier and it, it shouldn't, shouldn't get easier I guess um, no, it's, no we should not feel better and it's yeah. sort of also you know one of the concerns I have about the solidarity demonstrations I just hope that people don't just take that as a thing of okay we now stand in the city for two hours we've done our part mm. go home do nothing um, I really hope that this I mean shows of solidarity absolutely to you know show where you stand it's all important but it's also important to then take that and do something about it um, yeah I think I think the like demonstrations that are more like show of solidarity or like we are demonstrating for or against climate change mm -hmm. they're more for the people who are there to see how many people are the same opinion yeah. and to see how big the movement is actually and to give yourself like motivation to go and change things yeah. because you, and, you've got the support of all these people yes and of course if you have demands and stuff crowds obviously build pressure for governments and stuff yeah. i mean clearly it is working if they're already talking even even that they're talking about the possibility of disbanding police which sounds you know crazy in some <laughs> regards because we're so trained yeah. to accept that um that's a that's happened right because people did something about it because they applied pressure but um i'm just basically worried about basically the people we're talking to right now <laughs> that they go to a demonstration then they feel better and stop doing something and i really hope that doesn't happen because obviously making ourselves feel better is not the goal here that's about mm. actually doing something about yeah. it it's it's very dangerous um to educate yourself like we we said a couple of times i think mm. in, in this uh stream today because you can become this person who thinks he or she is already progressive and this makes you just so much worse in in some cases um i i just remember like the the woman we we met on the um on the game jam going to specific oh, that yeah. that asked that the the other uh girl like where, where she came from and um that she commended her her german i think like and and she was so convinced she was on the right track she was a good person she was progressive and yeah that that that's the danger of like becoming getting to a point where you think you you you've got it you you understood it yeah isn't there i can't remember what the quote was exactly but um i think it was a martin king thing that the real problem is not the capital r racist it's the, it's the white liberals apathy or like mm. fear complacency or something like that basically the people who think who by saying we are we are on the right side that they're actually on the right side and doing something and that that complacency of just saying of basically just positioning self and calling it a day that that's what keeping actual progress from happening because then they're already happy by just having said something not having done mm. something yeah so what can we do what can we do well as often mentioned uh diversify your everything learn stuff listen to black people um oh, read uh, all the uncomfortable yes so um interestingly enough not surprising in retrospect uh, when i asked for um, diverse podcasts to listen to about games mm. uh nobody told me about the spawn on me podcast 
Nobody. And it's going for 160 episodes or something like that. Like eight years, six years, six years, I think. Go, going towards seven years. It's a great podcast highlighting the different black people in the games industry. So highly recommended. If you're like into games, into game development, listen to these people, listen to their experiences. Um, it's very well produced. It's very, I mean, especially like the, the latest episode um, will give you a lot of context of how the current situation is perceived by um, like people in the industry. Uh, the other episodes also very, very good. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's my, my first recommendation here. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. And then, well, I figured, I mean, I don't know where we ended up with the, we talked about it briefly, but I figured it would be kind of nice to end each of our hootouts with kind of a recommendation for a charity or something where you can take action. And so for today, I have the Black Trans Protesters Emergency Fund. Um, where you can basically uh, donate to support black trans protesters with, as they say, resources, medical care, and bail, and everything that uh, every surplus is going to be redistributed to black trans led organizations. And that's the BTFA Collective. Um, so, yeah, the info's on screen. And, and if you're thinking like, I don't have that much money. Um, think again. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I, was, I was thinking like, should I really? I mean, this is my, my weird brain again, who's thinking like, I can't, I can't give everyone guilt, uh, everyone money. <laughs> I can't support all causes. There are so many good causes out there. Why should I support this cause? Mm. And um, I remember the time when I was living in Berlin and uh, when you're living in Berlin, going on the street, you will have multiple opinions uh, or not opinions, multiple, multiple, multiple times of the day, um, there will be homeless people asking you for money. Mm -hmm. So obviously, I mean, maybe you can give everyone money and if you can't, you should. Yes. But for me, it wasn't possible. and. I was like overwhelmed by the amount of things I should do. And I felt like if I start with anything, like if I give one person money, it would be unfair to all the others. So I didn't do anything. Yeah. And that is, I mean, maybe you, <laughs> you come to a realization I came uh, as well. That's wrong. That's just, that's just an excuse to do nothing. Pick one. For me in Berlin, it was like I gave the first homeless person that asked me for money. I gave them what was in my pocket, hmm. like the the uh, the coins in my pocket. That was just my rule. So find a way to do something. Doesn't matter. You don't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like the the best um, way. So we ask you today. We did the research for you. This is a good cause. Yes. If you have money to spare, Black Trans Protester Emergency Fund can help, uh, can use this help. And it also doesn't have to be a big amount. Like even if you just have a dollar or two, every little bit helps. I mean, that's the thing that I, you know, sometimes uh, 
struggle with where I feel like it's almost insulting that I only can donate so little. Um, I mean, I do a little bit more than that, but uh, I don't have that much money. I'm basically, yeah, uh, donating money I don't have. So let's see how yeah, that goes. Sometimes I get angry at you for donating money knowing <laughs> the situation. <laughs> But uh, I manage. I always manage. So um, yeah, I'm just saying... that's, the, that's the thing, right? You, you, if you, if you can still manage, if it's just, if it's just, uh, yeah, never look back. Boost and... one week without boost or something. I don't even it. have to like do that. So you know, I'm. I don't. I, I try to pace myself because I know I'm starting to like kind of. It's already getting a bit dangerous, and the month has only started. But uh, um, just even if it's a couple bucks, that's why. Music. Mm all the people donate a couple of bucks that's a whole lot of bucks so so yes uh btfa collective on cash app and btfa collective at gmail.com uh, on paypal and yeah because obviously black lgbt lives also matter because we have lgbt month right now and let's not forget that that is another thing where people have all the stuff that everybody deals with and then on top of it more. And yeah, that's so also it's, it's also one of the, the lessons you get from watching the white people. Because you see like the it's it's just a dramedy, like a huge a very good comedy drama. Mm. But you see like there's additional trouble if you have the wrong skin color. Yeah. And you also see that uh, how trans people are brutalized uh, even within uh, protests and stuff and it's just yeah a lot of a lot of hate to go around sadly so let's do something about that <laughs> all right so i hope that this was a good episode <laughs> and hopefully the way we centered ourselves was in a helpful way and not in a destructive one thanks for listening yes and I guess next time or next week we'll kind of, sort of, I mean, we can't, we have nothing probably really to contribute beyond that. Um, I mean, obviously, sure, uh, in our direct and personal ways, but I think we're going to at least go sort of back to providing some, you know, just kind of entertainment, just the, because I guess while we try to listen and try to, um, you know, take direct action and stuff um, we hopefully can also at least that's how we're rationalizing it I guess uh, they hope to like provide a little bit of a of a break every now and then because I guess it's also for us it's certainly important to kind of recharge um, so I guess it's also important for other people so we can fight another day um, I'm certainly noticing a bit the burn burnout um, so We'll see, I guess we'll see. Who knows how much worse it's gonna be in a week, so. All right, then I guess see you all next time. And yeah, do something. Yeah. Bye. Black Lives Matter. Oh yes, Black Lives Matter.